What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Have you ever struggled with making sales for your business? Or maybe you don't even own a business, yet you struggle to sell yourself when it comes to new jobs, building new relationships, and earning what you believe you could be? In today's episode, Hamza Abdallah and I will go over sales strategies that could potentially help you in multiple areas of your life. While I've had Hamza on the show before on episode 114, go tune in there to learn more about his story. This episode was solely focused on providing you as much information as possible in the world of making sales. So whip out your notepad and get ready to take down some notes because Hamza brought the heat on this one. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today I'm bringing back a guest that has been on here multiple times before. And today we're going to try something a little bit new. As you know, I'm always trying to be as valuable as possible. And lately, if you've been following the podcast, I've been putting out short, like under five minute, uh, motivational, inspirational solo clips. And then on Thursdays, been putting out the normal guest interviews and conversations. What I want to add into that mix is tactical and practical tips for you to help build your brand, your businesses, the projects that you're working on, some of your hobbies. I want to bring people on here that have expertise in these areas that can help you thrive on life in the business and brand building world. And today I'm bringing on Hamza, who I have a relationship with as friend first. He's like a brother to me, but he started that relationship because he showed up to a, what was it? A uh, social media marketing panel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was on a social media marketing panel. I think like back in 2017, 19, 19, <laughs> not that too late. <laughs> 2019. Okay. Spring of 2019. He reached out to me. He was going the finance path and consulting path for his degree. He went to this entrepreneurship week and talked to me about how passionate he was about entrepreneurship. And the cool thing was at that time, I was really looking for interns and mentees to help me with Thrive on Life. I will keep this short and sweet because you can go back to previous episodes with Hamza and listen to that. But essentially, he became my intern and then business partner. And then the long-term goal always was to help him get his own business off the ground, which now he's been basically running for the past eight months, I believe. And he's got that rocking and rolling. So today's conversation is really going to be about the really early stages of building something and why sales are so important to that. I think one of the biggest struggles that people have are sales, including a lot of the people that I coach. They love to do the social media and the branding and the videos and the the flashy stuff. But when it comes to cold, hard sales, a lot of people struggle. And I know that when I worked with you in the beginning, we literally were like practicing cold calls and doing all these things. And I was showcasing to you like how to send DMs and how to basically build your brand around both outbound and inbound sales. So today, I'd love for you to just take a minute or two here and give a background on what it is that you're actually building and why sales is so important to the thing that you are building. 
Definitely, definitely. I appreciate you, brother. It's always good being back on here and always fun to chop it up, man. It's been a minute. I know we've both been on the run, so I appreciate you. So yeah, what I do is I run Catalyst Systems. What we do is we help real estate agents build client acquisition systems for themselves. And what I mean by client acquisition systems is that it's a three pillar system that we build out for them. We generate the leads. We use Facebook ads as the traffic source. And then we have our in-house ISA, which is a inside sales agent rep that is calling and qualifying all the leads on their behalf. So we're taking care of the lead generation, follow up, nurture and front end qualification and then done for you appointment scheduling and live transfer, meaning that if we get someone on the phone is looking to buy a home or sell their home, then we directly live transfer the phone call to our agent and then they take it from there and run from there. So it's a done for you live transfer and appointment setting service for real estate agents, professionals, brokers, and team leaders. And uh, we build client acquisition systems for them. Hell yeah. I love all the acronyms. I guess for me, one of the things that I've noticed is people unsure of what industry they should go into and how they should start building within that industry. So I'd love for you to break down because when we were working together, obviously we worked on multiple different projects together. How did you stumble upon the real estate industry and then even more in depth providing leads for realtors when obviously there's a lot that goes into real estate, but what drew you into that segment of the market? Right. So as you know, I mean, like my start in the game was holding camera, but as you already also know that like I never really liked it. There was always some sort of hesitation. I always was on the strategy, acquisition, sales, and all those things sparked my interest. So how I kind of discovered this niche was actually during that summer during COVID where the whole team was together and we were doing video and media production for real estate agents. And I was helping Jasmine out that summer, getting agents and booking gigs. And we did what, like about 17 in sales just that summer, just from video alone during COVID, during like a miniature recession. So after that summer ended, I was in school. I wanted to continue that. And then during that process, I popped on a few sales calls with coaching programs in order to scale what we already have. And this one conversation with this one guy, he was like, why are you doing video? Why not why not ads or why not something that directly affects their bottom line? He was like, video is a cherry on top. Why can you not get them that deal in the first place? And I don't know, something in my mind, it, was, it just clicked. And from that day on, like seven days after YouTube videos, after YouTube videos, it's just like one video leads to the other, as you already know. So after that rabbit hole, I justified that idea and determined that it is a market and product market fit because number one, there are other products and services and companies that already do what I do, but we do it differently. So the existence of these competitors and these companies justify market demand. So just from like a strategic point of view, if I want to change the game and if I want to do it fast, if I want to get to 10 to 20 or even 30K in monthly recurring revenue, there's no point in me creating something brand new in the beginning, but rather taking a tested and tried and beaten path, making it my own and using what works and doing it better and doing it differently. And then after I have reached that point, then put my own spin on it and make it even 10 times better than what everyone else is doing and then scale it to 100k in rev and you know million dollars in recurring revenue annually so basically after determining that it's something that real estate agents need and it's a proven system out there 
I started this up and everything kind of fell into place. I started this up and thankfully in our network, I have a pretty good network of close friends who are also real estate agents. So they were good enough to allow me to do a free trial and case study with them. And those free trials led to my first client. And then from that first client led to the second client, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and so on and so forth. And we've serviced over 14 agents so far. Now we have about six to seven active clients right now. The first thing I want to go into is you've done a lot to stumble upon this one thing. So if you just real quickly list off off the top of your head, like the different ways that you've made money. Mm, Okay. My first client was through a free trial that led to a case study. So let's get tactical. How you get your first client, if you're brand new, if you haven't done this, well, I've done this before. I just didn't have any case studies. Case studies are your best friend, case studies and referrals. If you don't have any case studies, if you imagine like a blueprint, your first step is to one, determine product market fit. And if your audience really needs it, which I've done by speaking to numerous different people, agencies and other companies. And then number two is acquiring your own case studies. The easiest way to do this is to offer your service for free for like two weeks or seven or 14 days. I was doing 14 day trials where it was absolutely free. I would manage the ads. The real estate agent would only front $250 in ad spend. And I've gotten numerous case studies just from those 14 day trials where I've gotten agents over 28 leads, over 100 leads, over 40 leads in just two weeks. And we've even had to pause their campaign. And then from that trial phase, I got my first client. And then after acquiring those case studies, those are sales and marketing assets that you can use in your overall sales funnel to build that credibility and trust factor that will eventually help you close more sales. Those case studies by itself will not get you deals. You need to put those case studies in front of more eyes for them to actually see those case studies, inquire about your services, and then eventually leading to the closed deal. So first client, I'll give you the whole breakdown. First client was through a free trial and then client, shout out to Jermaine. He really took a shot on me. And then second client was through posting in a Facebook group. I was posting in a Facebook group, something like, hey, Jacksonville Realtors, who can handle 10 to 15 additional appointments per month? Like 50 people responded. I messaged each of them, set sales calls, and then got my second client from there. And then third, fourth, fifth, and sixth client was from LinkedIn. And then the rest were from cold email, referrals, and even IG, Instagram DM. So just like putting my content out there. So one of them was even organic. If you're willing to share, do you have access to one of your like cold emails that you yes, can, just I can like uh, literally read off? Can I share my screen? Yeah, you should be allowed to. So for those listening, you're just going to read that off to give an idea of like what you're sending out. And then while I'm waiting for you to get that going, the next question I have is relative towards, okay, what you're talking about is a system that can be used in so many different industries. And I'm going to backtrack back to you. You started talking about video and uh, impacting the bottom line. And once you read the sales script, I'm just foreshadowing here. Like what I really want to talk about is how you're communicating that you're affecting the bottom line of the realtors. But beyond that, like how should people focus no matter what industry they're on? When you say bottom line, like what are you talking about? You got that email up? Yeah. We'll kind of connect all the pieces because I mean, there's a certain framework I use now making sense of business. And I think that will help a lot of people. So this is a very good example. So this is version one 
and this is version two. So another uh, lesson in traffic sources, cold email or cold messaging, it's like running ads. You have to split test. You have to look at the data. And uh, we'll go over my dashboard right here too, like how many people I sent emails to, what, what is the open rate, response rate, how many people responded positively. But yeah, let's go with this. So this is one of the campaigns that's working really well. This is one of the sales calls I booked this week. So Number one, subject line. It doesn't matter what you wrote in the email if they don't open it in the first place. So the key to getting them to open in the first place is the subject line. So some tested and tried true subject lines that if you want to just start right now, it's quick question. Quick question, Hamza. Quick question, CJ. It's just tested and tried. In my niche for uh, real estate agents, another one is just referral. And then what I'm using right now is saw you on Zillow, Caroline. Real estate agents, like the ones on Zillow, the ones that are top producers, the ones that close deals, they're everywhere. And if they see like a inquiry and their name and from Zillow, they're opening that, right? And then another uh, little factor is not capitalizing the first letter. Now, this is more of like a psychological factor. If you open up your inbox right now and just scroll, almost every email starts with a capitalized letter. So if they see like a subject line with the uncapitalized letter, it's sort of like a pattern interrupt. I have one addition for you to make here. I just found this out. Have you ever listened to Atomic Habits or read Atomic Habits? You know, James Clear? I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. So he has a moving photo. So when you're in your email, his photo is like shifting. So it's like literally all your emails are just static, 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 static. And he does right. that pattern interrupt by having a moving photo. So if you're listening and you're into sales, like figure out different ways, just like Hamza was talking about to do a pattern interrupt uh, across the board continue. No, that, that's badass. I'll try that out. I'll write that down for sure. I'll discuss a few things right here. One is the intro, contextualization, personalization, and then your pitch and then call to action. So personalization, hey, Carolyn, their name, you immediately stood out to me on Zillow when I was looking for real estate agents in Boulder. Personalization uh, variable number one, this part is kind of like making it contextualized to them. You immediately stood out to me on Zillow. So they'll want to keep reading. So name, location, and then two more variables. Very impressed that you closed 32 deals in the last 12 months. This number is actually on the Zillow page. Now, this might seem like I hand wrote or manually written this for every email, but no. The only thing I input when my VA virtual assistant or appointment setter is building the lead list, the only thing that they're scraping from Zillow is their name, their location, and the number of deals that they've closed. So in the cold email software, the only thing I've input is very impressed that you closed variable in the last 12 months and have over variable reviews on your page. So when you upload the list, it automatically populates. Now this looks like a very personalized first line. Now, boom, personalization. Anyways, the reason I wanted to reach out is because I noticed you're a Zillow premier agent, which probably means you're paying an arm and a leg for marketing. What if I told you that you can pay half of that and get 3X the amount of conversions you're getting right now and all without having to pick up the phone and dial the leads yourself. And then right here, credibility, we've helped over 12 plus experienced real estate agents like yourself, X, Y, and Z. And then for instance, one line case study, just a one line case study and then call to action. So if there's anything to take from here is personalization, why are you reaching out, credibility, one line case study and call to action. And just another thing is you are selling the call in the email or the message. You're not selling the product or service. Best case scenario, they reach out, they're like, sure, feel free to call me. And then this is my VA responding, by the way, like we have this dialed where we have like a whole list of objections that we might get from emails. And over time, we have compiled 
that document with our responses to them. So at this point, what my VA is doing is literally like seeing what the response is, copying, pasting that response in there and right there. So a good response to booking that call in is suggesting a time first and then also giving them the option to book in the call themselves. And there's another thing I can talk about right there with the form right here, which is the intake form. So yeah, they scheduled and boom, right there. And then pre-framing the call with case studies, testimonials, and all this good stuff. And then let's go into another version. This is the long form version. What we see from this email is that a lot of people are like, give me more info or tell me more or what's the price. But with this long form email, I see that people are just booking in calls straight away because I, I link my calendar right here. So same personalization first line, same variables right there, and then kind of tweak the pitch right there and then added a ton of credibility and trust factors and just more case studies and testimonials for them to click. And then at the end, PS, if you want to snag a time to book a call, here's a link to my calendar. The other two sales calls that I booked this week are from this version of the email where they just booked straight away. So this is your traffic source. Traffic source, step number one is, are you running ads? Are you messaging them cold on Facebook or DMs? Or are you emailing them cold? So those are your traffic sources. Now, after traffic sources come your lead mechanism. Now, what your lead mechanism is, is essentially your sales process takes over. How are you pre-framing the call? How are you reminding them to show up to the call? What is your system for making sure that they show up and reducing no-show rates? So a lot of people talk about the traffic and like, does Facebook ads work or does cold email work? It doesn't matter which one of those works. A lot of people work this way. Like they try to figure out the traffic source first and then their sales process, but you should figure out who your audience is, what your lead mechanism is, and then your traffic source. Because at that point you can just plug in cold email, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, or DMs or whatever to an existing sales process that already works. And then you're churning out appointments and more sales opportunities that you can close. So second step is front-end qualification. Well, this is, you can call it whatever, like a pre-call survey, intake form or whatever, but it's just like a few questions I ask them. Let me show you the Slack. So yeah, for those that are listening and you're not watching a video right now, Hamza's just opening up a form that he's going to go through. Yeah. So right here, I'm on my Slack. I have it integrated with JotForm where and if anyone fills it out, it gets zapped to the Slack channel and then the VA checks it and then they can send a follow-up email or whatever accordingly. So for example, Tammy just booked it in today at 7.04 a.m. just straight from that email. And right here, the questions are, what's your name, number, and email? What type of clients are you looking to work with? What are you struggling with most right now? And the options I have, you can't see the options, but it's like lead qualification or volume of leads or consistency of your sales pipeline. And she clicked all of the above. What's your current monthly commission income range? She's making 15K plus, which is awesome. This is exactly my target market. This is qualifying because I know that she can, one, she's a good producer. She already is closing deals, so she can handle the leads I bring her. And two, she can afford the services that we offer. And then what's your desired monthly income range? 15K plus, well, more than what she's making, obviously, right now. If everything is aligned, we're, we're a good fit and you're willing to invest, when can you get started? She put yesterday. So the intent is there. She's looking to get started. She's a team leader as well, potentially has other agents underneath her. So this could be a good call. We'll see where it goes. 
And then um, right here, this person, Jackie, said she's willing to get started within three to five business days. This person said, not sure. I'm just shopping around. So this is another example of like where you can get a sense and a gauge and a pulse check of the people that you're getting on the call with before the call. So I already know that Carolyn, she might be a bit more tougher to kind of move past that edge to kind of instill that urgency in her. So I just have to work that call a bit better and strategically and tactically as opposed to these calls. But I know I uh, dumped a lot there, but we can break that down. <laughs> I'm so happy I did this. I have one question for you. Did you learn any of this in college? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this. I mean, just like the etiquette of sending emails and all that, like just some things that very new entrepreneurs have to go out of their way to pick up on. I will say, thankfully, just like business behavior, etiquette, maybe showing up to the call with just like at least a collared shirt, even though I still have like the entrepreneur twist on it. Just those few etiquettes and behaviors, like are a lot of people that haven't gone to business school or school don't pick up right away. It's not innate. So I will say I'm grateful for that. Maybe it's just me trying to justify my four years at college, but. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. So when I look back on it, learning EQ and things like that, I look back on college and my corporate role is like, that's what it really taught me is how proper etiquette to not waste my time or waste anybody else's time at the end of the day. Because if you don't learn the etiquette, you're not going to succeed. So that does help. But it was more of a question to just poke fun at one that these practical things like you got to go out and learn on your own. And that's the next thing is just like, I think a lot of people hold themselves back because they're not willing to invest. How much money have you invested into yourself over the years to learn all of this? And you don't have the exact number, just like throw it off the top of your head. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to say the exact number and um, because it just does go a long way. Um, so the first investment I made, obviously, like, you know, you got me to a point where once I was in a position, like I've spoken with you before I made every investment and you know, every investment I made, but you've gotten me to a point where I was in a position where I can consume that information at a rapid rate and implement that without having to have the context behind it. So during that summer, when I first started this up, I invested into a coaching program for 3K. And that was a one-on-one coaching program with his name is Johnny Vo, And he runs a seven-figure agency doing exactly what I do. So his program kind of helped me get the systems in. It even connected me to the white label partner that I used to use. And he disbanded white labeling and he helped me build and take in everything vertically, integrate every my service fulfillment. So that gave me the connection to the operations guy, the tech guy and then also helped me get my first client and also laid the framework out. So that paid for itself. And then the second investment is with John Danes. He's actually one year older than me and he runs a 100K per month agency doing exactly what I do. So in the same niche, servicing the same audience, offering a similar product and service. And that call was a one hour call for $1,000. Now, I would have never thought I would be paying someone $1,000 for one hour of their time or $3,000 for a few hours of their time. But that one hour call was recorded. And when I was building out my SOPs for my VA and appointment center, I constantly referred back to that one hour call. And that one hour call had tremendous value. So shout out to John Danes. He knows what he's doing. And then the program I'm in right now is Scaling with Systems, Ravi Abuvala. And that program, I don't think they want me to say, but it's in the high five figures investment range. So yeah, it's a hefty investment that I'll have. I'll need to take some time to pay off. But that program, man, it's taken me to the next level. 
you get like a one-on-one implementation coach, a very extensive course. And the timeline of these investments was that 3K got me to a point where I can invest into that one call and got me to that point where I can invest into this program where I can take it to the next level and hit 20, 30, 50K months and just turn into a solid systemized business. And Ravi focuses a lot on like agency ads, systemization, protocols, SOPs, all that good stuff. So yeah. And you're forgetting one of the most important investments you made in the very beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. And that's what did you sacrifice? And I think a lot of people, they're not willing to bend or or sacrifice their needs for what they truly and must have in the long run. And for you, you saw yourself as wanting to be an entrepreneur, but you're going to school for something that wasn't entrepreneurship. So the sacrifice that you made is like, I was only paying you 5K every summer. So some of your friends are going to Apple, Google, consulting for Deloitte and Accenture, big accounting firms. So they're making significantly more money. And probably when you're in internships in those big companies, like you're not working that much. Like I I did one of those internships, like it was cake versus when you were working with me, it was 10 to 15 hour days and weekends. And it was a lot. And one of those things that you sacrificed in the beginning was pay. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when they start something is just like the one thing you're going to have to sacrifice is the pay, but you're building sweat equity for that long run so that those two or three years that you spent with me and working on the things that I was working on, you learned enough so that when you go to invest in the people that you were coached by, you can pick up and retain it very quickly. And most importantly, like you stated, you were able to implement. And that's where a lot of people, anybody can read a book, anybody can watch a YouTube video, but how many people actually have that fire to go and implement what they just watched or just listened to or just read? And that's what I think separates the doers and the sayers. And you've been a doer from day one, and I just appreciate all the help over the years. And it's the coolest thing for me is because it's not just you, it's like you helped Ashani and Jake, our other interns, the second year come on board, and all three of you are running your own thing. Let's go. The thing that fills me up the most is is not money. It's that. It's like literally three people came through our little system, and now three people are, one, I'd say happier because they're doing their own thing, but then two, like substantially making an impact above and beyond themselves because they have chosen this path and are determined to make that work for them. So my last question is really, what are the foundational things that you have to learn? And what do you think the foundational principles that like the Shani's and Jake's also have learned to be able to do what you're doing today? Because you mentioned it a little bit, you created your sales process before you turn the funnel on. And I think a lot of people, if you go on Instagram, it's like, I can get you to 10K a month. And then they do these like little tactics that aren't sustainable for the long run. But what you're doing is building something that's long-term sustainability where you have VAs and different systems and processes set in place so that you're not the bottleneck. The reliability of the business surviving is not solely on Hamza. So when I say, what are those foundations that you've learned over the years? And if we're talking to somebody, forget real estate, forget lead generation, just in general, in business, what are those foundations that somebody should be looking to ingest and implement so that they too are on the same path as you? Got it. No, and and just acknowledge, man, like I appreciate you getting me to a point where I can consume this information and implement it. So thank you for that. But to answer your question, so the foundations in regarding to kind of getting all of this started, plugging those traffic sources in, right? Or just in general? Yeah. So like foundational business knowledge that if someone's listening out there and they're like, I want to make more sales. 
their first thought is going to be, I just make more calls or just run Facebook ads, but there's a lot more layers to it. And I want to convey that because anybody that listened to, like you gave out so much information on this, this episode alone is worth thousands of dollars for anybody that's listening to this and we're giving it away for free. So I want them to not just understand that the systems of the sales end, but like the foundational knowledge that they should be looking to understand so that anything they build, whether it's real estate, whether it's media, whether it's whatever they're working on has strong legs to stand on. Right. The first thing is product or service market fit. So you can have a great idea, but if it's more of like a convenience rather than solving a pain point, then you're not going to get anywhere. So after you have figured out your audience, very dialed in audience and, and this business, I would say in, in the grand scheme of things is a very intensive like training course for me because obviously I want to take this and scale it into something else and then venture into different realms. But this is a good practice for me. I dialed in on real estate and then I figured out real estate agents. Now I'm working with real estate agents that have closed more than 12 deals in the past 12 months and have three plus years of experience. So I went from real estate to real estate agents to team leaders and brokers that meet these criteria. So a very dialed in niche and audience. And then you need to make sure that the service or product that you're selling actually helps them solve a pain point. Now, this can be directly related to a monetary outcome, like help you make X amount of money in X amount of days or a intangible outcome, like optimizing their client acquisition systems by 50% to save X amount of hours over three months, right? So it can be an intangible outcome or monetary related. People think you only have to do something monetary, but you can do something intangible as well. So dialed in audience, dialed in product or service market fit, and then comes your offer. Now your offer is everything. I'm in the process where I'm testing out different offers. And the one way I'm going to test it out is through different cold email campaigns. I have the campaign that works. What I'm literally going to change is the pitch. I'm going to run IG swipe up ads where the thing I'm going to change is the first line. Like, hey, real estate agents, do you want a guaranteed listing? Hey, real estate brokers and team leaders, do you want 30 or more appointments booked for you on your calendar in three or uh, 90 days or less? Hey, real estate agents, do you want 100K pipeline built for you in 60 days or less? So these are offers that I'm going to test. So your offer has to outline state one and state two, like the uh, starting state and ending state. What are they getting? The transformation. You're not selling the mechanism. My mechanism is Facebook ads and ISA calling them and a good CRM system. That's my mechanism. But what I'm selling is a transformation. What are they getting at the end of it? A guaranteed listing, a guaranteed client, two to three clients every month or appointment. So your offer needs to be comprised of the transformation, the timeline, and how much effort are they going to have to invest and a risk factor. I actually got this from Hormozy. Like there's four factors. Like do they trust and know you? How soon can you get them that result? What is the transformation and how much effort they have to put in? So let's build an offer right now. I will help you get a guaranteed listing in less than 90 days without you having to pick up the phone and dial a, a single lead yourself. So transformation, guaranteed listing, timeline, 90 days or less. Effort is without you having to dial a single lead yourself. So without you having to do anything done for you. And then credibility, I can literally add uh, at the end of it, like we have done for 15 plus agents. Or you know, if you're running another agency, like we have done for 100 plus agents already. So we just built an offer right now in 30 seconds. So just to recap everything, audience, service market or product market fit, offer refinement. Those are the three steps that get started.
I love it. And this is just a little piggyback question. You can answer it really quickly. You're mentioning emails and things like that and finding leads yourself. How are you finding the emails that you're actually sending these cold emails to? Right. That's, that's an amazing question. There's not like a simple answer to this. There's multiple ways you can go about this, but I'll, I'll give some answers that might be applicable for various different industries and niches. So for me, my niche is real estate agents, brokers, and team leaders. It's a very easy niche. I'll be, I'll be honest because real estate agents want to be seen everywhere and they're everywhere. So I can literally Google and find them. When you're getting started, you need a lead bucket to kind of like pull the information from. So that lead bucket needs to be a part of your SOP and when you're training your appointment setter to scrape emails. So my lead bucket right now is Zillow. On Zillow, there's Agent Finder and you can find real estate agents on there right away. And you can filter by like number of deals closed or you can just click on the profile and see how many deals have closed. You can see if they have a bio, how many active listings they have how many reviews and so on and so forth. So my lead bucket right now is Zillow. But before this, when I was taking a more generic approach, the best way to do it is LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Now this is $100 per month, but it's awesome. Now paired LinkedIn Sales Navigator with a email scraping tool or something like Lead Lipper, which is 30 bucks a month. So 130, 130 per month. You can pull up very targeted lists of people on Sales Nav. I'll just use real estate as an example. I can target real estate agents that has three or five or more years of experience in a certain location, like in Austin, Texas or Dallas, Texas. And then I can also create a Boolean search in LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And what a Boolean search is, is basically like if you're coding or something, it's like an and or condition. So I want real estate agents or realtors or brokers or team leaders. And I used to put not luxury, not lawyer, not consultant. So I don't want a real estate consultant. I don't want a real estate lawyer. So you can go like very in depth with the Boolean search on SalesNav. So you make a detailed search on SalesNav. You use Lead Lipper to scrape all of the people in the search results. And that should give you a hefty amount. The only thing that you'd need to reiterate every week or every few weeks is the search itself. That's one way. Another way is opting in for services like D7 Lead Finder or Hunter.io, where it's sort of like you're buying emails. I use D7 actually, and you know, it's 50 bucks a month, but what you can do is you can pay the subscription, download like a shit ton of emails, and then just delete the subscription. So that's one way to go about it. The only thing to vet there is like the quality of the emails that you're getting from those subscriptions. D7 is good. There are a couple more expensive ones that are better. So yeah, paid options, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, or a specific lead bucket like Zillow. Like I can't really give other examples. You have to know your niche like that. So for example, if we take fitness industry, one good way would be maybe like bodybuilding.com. I know they have a forum, probably find people in the forum or Reddit threads or some place that you can easily scrape uh, emails from. Or if you're targeting like personal trainers, LinkedIn would be awesome for that. Almost everything, you can go back to LinkedIn for that. Like LinkedIn can be a solid starting point. And your second friend is your Google. Like if there's like a central hub where you can find those people, then that's awesome. And third friend is is calling Hamza and paying his hourly rate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That also works too. <laughs> so to wrap this up, uh, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, you mentioned the word bottom line. At the end of the day, um, you need to be thinking above and beyond yourself and who your customer is like. Hamza mentioned what you're offering them and how does it affect their bottom line? And by bottom line, it means not just make them more money, but how does it save them time and make their life easier, reduce their stress, make life more enjoyable, give them more peaceful life, give them a more peaceful life. They're ultimately going to be happy with you and your service. Facts. I love how you put in there like that what you're really selling, what you think you're selling is not what you're really selling. And I was actually talking to my brother about this yesterday. His wife has a water ice 
idea. She wants to run a little water ice shop. And I was basically hammering him because I was like, dude, you're, you're focused almost on the wrong thing. Like, don't focus on the water ice. That's the easy part. Like, hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people over the past 30 years have made water ice. That is not the problem. The problem is how do you provide a customer experience that makes people enjoy that moment and give them a feeling that they want to come back and they want to bring their friend, they want to bring their family members. So every time someone's in town, they got to go get water ice at that place. So that's a two-pronged approach where it's the employees. So you got to figure out how are your employees providing that experience? And then aesthetically, from a product standpoint, from what your place looks like, from how the water ice tastes, from how long it stays cold, like all these little things that provide that experience. It's a two-pronged approach. And you basically, what you're really selling is that experience. And from a CEO standpoint, the problem you're solving internally is I need really great employees and I need a really great product. And for you, it's the same thing. It's like, you need those really great virtual assistants that help you basically scale your time so that you can maintain the the funnel of building relationships with these real estate agents because at the end of the day what you're selling is yourself and the value that you could provide that person to then reduce their stress bring them more money have them spending less time like not making calls or anything like that that's what you're ultimately selling at the end of the day so i love how you put that all together i just wanted to give a little conclusion there is there anything else that you have to say before we jump off Yeah, I'll I'll include one more tip. Got this after joining Scaling with Systems with one of their success coaches, Matt. And this in itself, this one piece of advice has kind of like helped me scale from three clients to six clients now, like three additional clients in a span of two or three weeks. And it's front end qualification. Now, when you're first getting started, like I was doing, it's easy to kind of like cast a wide net and just try to get everyone that you can. So real estate agents, even though that's a very narrow audience, that's still pretty broad. So basically you need to figure out who in that niche fits your ideal customer personality or ideal customer archetype that you want to work with and that could afford you and that you could optimally serve. And then include those criteria in your front end qualification before you even send the message, before you even hop on the call, before you even send that email. And that in itself translates to having a criteria when you're scraping these emails and when you're building that lead list in the first place. So for me, what that means is I gave my VA a SOP and a criteria to match when building that lead list. Like number one is number of deals, number of reviews on their page, number of years of experience. And then also just to make sure that you're not getting a high bounce rate in your emails and your domain reputation is getting tainted. I told them to double verify that emails are verified and then that number is verified. I gave him two or three different tools, hunter.io, email list verify.com to double verify. And I told them, if you get a verified email on one, but not the other, then just grab the entire lead, even if they fit the criteria, because I want the quality of the list to be good. So when you launch that campaign, email campaign, it's good. You're getting good open rates and all that good stuff. So just another um, tip. And then also the intake form, qualify them before you get on the call, because the first call is a discovery call. And there's no point in you wasting time with a unqualified prospect. And so the point of that intake call is not only for you to get a gauge and pulse check on the lead before you jump on a call, but also so that you can do a triage call. So you can triage your leads and see if they're unqualified. You can call them or email them and cancel the appointment 
and open that slot up for a more qualified prospect and save your time. So front end qualification is just really good. (laughs) So much information here. If somebody found this valuable, what email should they shoot you an email to? And what should the subject line be? Email is Hamza at cataleads.com. So C-A-T-A leads, L-E-A-D-S.com, Hamza at cataleads.com. Subject line could be saw you on Thrive on Life podcast with the first letter uncapitalized. <laughs> Hell yeah. So if this was valuable to you, the first thing I want you to do is reach out to Hamza and just let him know that this was valuable. Second thing, have a conversation with him. You're a gem and I'm just so happy that the universe brought us into the same path. And it's awesome to see you thriving. This call really fired me up and just made me realize that, again, this is a new idea that, I, that I've had and I want to basically show you and showcase you. But then also, just like Hamza said at the beginning of this, building your case studies. So this is a case study where I'm going to put this podcast out there. And then uh, if you have something that you think is super valuable to people out there, so this was sales, but if you do content marketing, if you do finance, if you're an engineer and you do systems, hit me up. I would love to hop on a Zoom call with you and then showcase your skills that we can apply to everybody else that's listening to this because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is strive together, thrive together, and help this world go from surviving, just surviving, to thriving and helping all the people, as many people as we can, get to that point. And Hamza has been helping me do that for years now, and he's now doing it within his own business. And I can't wait to uh, continue this relationship and continue to help the world, man. This is awesome. But help me by sharing this, saving it, rating it, I love y'all. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life Podcast. Till next time, Thrive On. Doses. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.